financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Hello. Hello, and Happy New Year to you. You as well. It went by very quickly, but I also feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Well, it has been forever. We, we took a couple of weeks off uh, for the holidays and things, and so uh, we are all back and uh, and chatty. Mm-hmm. So, what are we talking you know, about today? Well, what, I mean, we're kicking off a new year, right? So let's not talk about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about lack of money. Well, we could talk about a lot of things about money and how you approach a new year. But but at the helm, I, I'd like to give some credit to uh, Melissa Kirsch, who wrote an article that, that talked about how we give all this weight to a new year, mm-hmm. right? And we say, oh, this year we're going to do this. And as of January 1st, things are going to be different when really it's just the next day. <laughs> it's the same thing as birthdays. You know, we are in a country where we keep track of our ages. We celebrate a birthday initially, and then we dread a birthday, but we do it because we suddenly turned a year older that day. Mm-hmm. When we the day before, you were however old and 364 days old. Exactly. Right? So, but, but that psychology gets under our skin, and that is what affects us in most of our choices in life including those that we make about money. So she had some philosophical advice, which I'd like to go over kind of quickly, and then I'll tell you things that I think uh, have to do with money that transfer well to money. So first, just to credit Melissa here, uh, what she did was collect the best advice that she'd been given all year. And so it started off by somebody telling her to buy the dip. Buy the dip? Yeah, buy the dip is a financial term. term. Now, if you're a trader or you're buying stock um, and you're doing it personally, you're actually watching your charts and you're, you know, trading things, mm-hmm. buying or selling, you'll know what that term means. What it means is you're, you're waiting for something that is uh, on a rise to, you know, be doing well. All the financials behind it are good. It looks like a stock you want to own, but... For whatever reason, it's gotten a little little news or there's a little blip in the market or that sector has trended differently, and now the price is down a bit. It's got a little dip. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mean anything. It's not on a losing streak or anything, but it's, it's a chance to buy at a lower rate and then watch it go back up. Now, advisors use this when we talk about dollar cost averaging, where we're, you know, you're investing $50 every month, for instance, and they're buying stuff. They're buying the same stuff, the same mutual funds or whatever, but you're putting $50 a month into it. Sometimes you'll buy when that mutual fund is at the top. Sometimes you'll buy when it's lower. That lower part is buy the dip. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, it has nothing to do with ice cream or <laughs> the guy you really didn't like in school. Okay? I'll take sprinkles on the top. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So another thing uh, that she said was we're all juggling so many balls. Now that phrase is used a lot, but I liked the way she put it. Differentiate between glass balls and rubber balls. And don't be afraid to let the rubber balls drop, right? These all came in from different people. That was from a Catherine Cunningham in in Carborough, North Carolina. Um, And I'm picking and choosing some of the ones I liked best. Mm -hmm. You're going to shoot me when I say this, I think. But wait as long as possible to get your kids a phone. (laughs) That was was someone's advice, you know. Now, this all has something loosely to do with finance, but 
uh, every time you receive a box containing something you bought online, mm-hmm. fill it with items to donate. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Gets rid of the clutter in the house for sure. Peter Pointer in uh, Dimondale, uh, Michigan sent that in. So I like that one because I had once seen one of those, uh, you know, improve your house shows, you know, home improvement mm-hmm. shows where they come in and clean your house, you know, and, and rid you of clutter. And they made a very strong rule for these pack rats that they rid of clutter. They said that they rid of clutter. They said, you know, every time something comes in, something has to leave. <laughs> For sure. And a little parental advice I'll add on top of that. Do it when the kids aren't home, because I swear when you're filling up the box, a toy that they have not played with in seven years will become their new favorite thing. So oh, no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before doing something, ask yourself, is this something that someone who loves themselves would do? Mm. That now, can apply I- to a lot of areas. It applies to pretty much every area, but Mm -hmm. I have to say when it comes to finance, wow, that's a big one because I'm constantly saying to people, change your attitude, change your conversation with yourself about finance. You know, you're used to beating yourself up. I don't do this well. This is awful. I hate this. You know, is that something that someone would do who loves themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wear a watch. I love this one. I'm going to start doing this, actually. Um, Wear a watch. This... So this way, I pick up my phone half as often. How many times do you pick up your phone to check the time and you get sidetracked? Yeah, that is true. And and not as many people wear watches anymore, obviously, because you can just get the phone, you know, the time on your phone. Yeah, I stopped wearing a watch years ago because I was doing the same thing. I was looking at my and I didn't know what time it was 30 seconds later. Mm -hmm. It was a half. So I thought that was an interesting time saver, particularly for people who argue that they must have their phone on at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the employers are unhappy with them because you really, I don't know about you, but my phone always has something on it. It's a text. I mean, there's so many ways for people to get in touch with us these days. You know, it could be a text. It could be an instant message. It could be an email, but they're all popping up on your phone. The least of which usually is calls it now, right? It's almost all print. Well, and I so think you- that's part of the reason that employers think that you're available 24 seven because they can get you 24 seven now. Yeah, here was one that I, I like, too, that uh, there are many things I can't control, but I can control how I do or don't respond. Mm, that's a hard I, one. Yeah, and I can't control other thoughts of me. But that's also true in the market. Mm-hmm. So you can't control the market, but you can control whether you're panicking or not, whether you're making a knee-jerk decision or not, whether you're making uh, impulsive purchases, right? You can control those things. Right, yeah. So. So pay attention to that. Be proactive. This is obvious, but with your health, you can get tests and establish baselines. With your finances, you know, be proactive. Get some help before you think there's a problem, if it's possible, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, just book the trip. Now, a lot of these cross-reference with what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you to plan a vacation, right, as one of your 2024 things. So just book the trip. That was it. Just book the trip was the whole advice. All right. I, I take that advice. I like it. I like it, too. We'll talk about how to do that well. And then retire from your job, not your life. Mm. So that's an oldie but a goodie. So many times people thought if they retire uh, that they don't know who they are without their work, right? Especially men. I hate to say it, but especially men and increasingly women. When somebody says to you, well, tell me something about yourself. 
you answer, well, what I do is. Yeah, your identity is definitely tied up in with, you know, your career. Yeah. So if you're going to retire from your job, just remember you're not retiring from life and start planning that second chapter. Mm -hmm. So those were all things from that article. And I, I don't often just come on and regurgitate an article, but there were so many good pieces of advice there. And I thought they were so more, so much more interesting than talking to you about, you know, New Year's resolutions that we're not going to keep. For sure. Let me add one that you you gave, um, and I use this to this day, I just used it yesterday at the store, was you said, you know, go in and, you know, find what you want to find. But before you go right to the register, walk around the whole store with that item in your in your basket and see if you still want it by the by the end. And I put what I was going to get back. And it just it, I, I your 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 voice is in my head, even on off hours. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I call that giving it a ride in your cart. Yeah, yeah. So you don't feel like somebody else is going to take it off the shelf and give it a little ride and decide when you're not under pressure how to make that choice. So, I I mean, we can't let the show go by without talking about New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Did you make any? Um, I really, my only New Year's res- resolution was just to volunteer more of my time because um, huh. even though you think you're helping someone else, it does make you feel better about yourself. So like finding some different organizations where I can volunteer some time. Well, I'm sure we could help you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I decided for New Year's resolutions, I would quit smoking and gain weight. Quit smoking I, and gain weight. I've never been a smoker. And it's pretty apparent that I'm not always going to lose weight, no matter how many New Year's resolutions I make. Right? There you go. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not obese. I, I keep my weight pretty steady. But uh-huh. I'm hearing these New Year's resolutions that people tie themselves to with no chance of commitment, uh, no chance of success, and and then they feel bad about themselves. Well, and it's the I, same one over and over and over again. Yeah. I mean, I was reminded of that, that scene in Eat, Pray, Love, where... Julia Roberts is eating pizza and her partner across the table can't eat it because she's already, you know, feeling her jeans pinch her. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, I have no interest in being obese. I'm just done with the guilt, you know? Right. It's again, you know, we all want to be healthy and, and look our best and feel our best and all of that. But I really want people to focus on things that first of all, they can have success at. And secondly, that, um, will cause them to feel better about themselves. And ironically, when you feel more balanced in life, and at least this is what people report to me, when their finances are in order, they're not so stressed, maybe that's tied to food. Maybe they're overeating because they're just stressed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're waiting, you know, balancing their checkbook and they've got a bag of chips instead, right? Those kinds of things. I mean, it's not a diet plan to get your finances in order, but when you feel more balanced, somehow things seem to um, Line up in other areas of your life too. Uh, everything is, gets a little easier when you're not so worried all the time. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So little side note, I want to add to that too. Um, my sister, as you know, is a nurse, and she loves talking to the elderly patients. And one of the you know older women, when they were talking, she was talking about her weight or whatever, and and she tells my sister, don't worry about it, honey. You're not going to, it's not going to matter like at the age that she was then. And she was like, it was just such a comforting feeling because everybody does it. She had done it through her whole life and now she's 80 and a nursing home. And she's like, it doesn't matter, honey. Just don't worry about it. And I really love that. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly there are times that it matters, right? You, you want to be healthy and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've seen this in, in society go from, you know, 
the 60s, I think it was when we had Twiggy, right? Everybody wanted to be as skinny as they could possibly be. Right. Now where there's no body shaming, many people are carrying plenty of extra weight and nobody's saying, hey, maybe you should lose this, right? Yeah, this was more like, you know, maybe 10, 20 pound kind of thing. But yeah, definitely if you're unhealthy. Well, there have been studies that show uh, that yo-yoing, many studies, that yo-yoing is much more uh, harmful to you than carrying a steady weight, even if it's, you know, let's say 10 pounds overweight, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, just be realistic. And all the stuff that we're talking about translates, believe it or not, to how you think about your money. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part for people to really to warm up to is, hey, I can take these things that I do in other areas of my life and they actually apply to my money. Can't be. Money is a strange and curious creature and I don't, I don't know it. But really, when you apply these kinds of things, you'd be amazed at how, how much it improves your attitude and relationship with your money and how things start to improve. Well, it's definitely similar too. like when I think of a budget, I think of a diet and you don't want either. But there can be good budgets and good diets. Yeah. I mean, what if your what if your diet came with a brownie every week? Right. And like your budget, when you've talked about before, plan a vacation in it. We're going to get into all of this in the second half. I want to hear much more about this. I want to get your phone number, though, first. Of course, it's 413-773-3333. And you can visit HugYourMoney.com. We'll have part two of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up next on WHMP. When it comes to investing, we're taught the higher the risk, the better the reward. Francis Ram, the Money Doctor, says it isn't necessarily true. We need to remember that with risk comes the potential for losses, and making up losses can set us back or worse, delay our retirement. You've heard the testimonials for years about how her patented program helps people become 100% debt-free, far ahead of schedule. But did you know that for more than 35 years, Dr. Ram has been helping people retire well without unnecessary risk? Dr. Ram says most people mistakenly accept that in order to earn attractive interest rates, they must tolerate risk and that choosing safety means settling for lackluster returns. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can earn competitive rates and minimize taxes without risking a single dollar of your hard-earned savings. Contact the money doctor at Hug Your Money for a free consultation. Call 413-773-3333 or visit HugYourMoney.com. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Hi. Hi. We're talking kind of new year, new you money-wise? Yeah. Yeah. Not so much New Year's resolutions, but the kinds of things that you might adopt uh, and use and you don't have to adopt all of these, but one or two might stand out and you might say, I'm going to start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be one of the first things is just pick one tiny little thing. doesn't matter how small or how large and start there. One of the major obstacles for people, I think, Jess, is they say, oh, it's the new year. This year, I'm going to get my finances in order. Mm-hmm. Start asking me questions like, do you think I need a trust? They don't have a budget yet. They're wondering if they need a trust, right? <laughs> And I get it all the time, and people say, well, I'll, I'll go educate myself about that, and I'll, I'll read up on trusts, and maybe I'll call a lawyer, and I want to make sure they start at the top. Mm-hmm. I want you to start at the bottom. Pick something small, like you just said it. You know, start to make a change in the way you shop, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to put it in my card. I'm going to drive it around, and if I don't really love it or I don't love it enough to give up that money, I'm going to put it back on the shelf. Picture yourself actually taking bills out of your pocket to pay for it if you're not paying for it in cash. Mm -hmm. Or you're paying for it in cash, of course. 
But do those, play those kinds of mind games with yourself. Um, I'm not delusional. These really work. Mm-hmm. People report to me, oh, like you just said, I did what you just said. I'm not omnipotent, obviously, but some, some of these things will speak to you. So here's one that is directly about finance. Okay. Buy, buy insurance while you're young and healthy enough to get good rates. Well, no kidding. I mean, we, we've been saying this for how many years? Mm-hmm. You know, old, sick people, <laughs> they tell you, hey, you, I should have bought that when I was young and healthy. Mm-hmm. The thing is about buying insurance when you're young and healthy or young or healthy is that the rates can be so affordable that you really can fit it into a very small budget. If, if, for instance, if we're talking about life insurance, you can pick up term life insurance, you know, very affordably when you're very young mm-hmm. and keep those premiums level for a very long time. And so if you're in need of insurance at all, try not to delay it if you can help it. Okay. Now, the same is true about saving. I don't want you to just start saving early. Contrary to popular belief, I want you to start saving early, but I want you to save consistently, mm-hmm. even small amounts. I don't care if you're putting your coins in a jar. I want you to do it consistently because that's what adds up, those small amounts of money. If you have to open a, a mutual fund, for instance, or a savings account, and you have to put in $25 a month, I don't care. Get the habit in place and start doing it and do it consistently and then review it and, you know, increase it as you can. Now, let me ask you this question, though. If you're someone who is listening today and you're like, well, that sounds great, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I can't even think about saving. Um, Would you suggest still trying to save or trying if you have anything extra using that to pay down debt? I would suggest first making a budget. Almost everybody who says I live paycheck to paycheck, I don't have any money left over. When we look at the budget, we see, okay, uh, alcohol, cigarettes, scratch tickets, um, uh, what's in the, oh, Netflix, Hulu, uh, lattes at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, we see that stuff. Everybody does it. Almost mm-hmm. every, occasionally I really will see that somebody is bare bones, they just don't have any money to save. And in that case, you know, you really have to take care of yourself first, plan to increase your income in some way. Mm-hmm. and add into savings. But most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, if we really track our expenses, there will be something that we find that we could give up to save if, in fact, that's your priority. And this is all about priorities, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So once you're saving things, remember to invest that savings. Don't just leave it sitting at an account that's earning no money. Even if it's, you know, small investments, remember to talk to somebody about investing that. Here's the biggest thing I could teach you about how to make your finances better Okay. for the rest of your life. Do not live within your means. Live below your means. Mm, that's a tough one for a lot of people. It is. But you know what? As soon as you start it, it has a way of building on itself. And people who live below their means, who, what that means is you have more money coming in. You're not just spending every money, every dollar that goes out, right? Mm-hmm live below your means, all that other stuff gets easier. You do make room for emergencies. You do, you are able to save. You do plan for vacations well. Live below your means. Mm-hmm. Try and become free of all liabilities, of course. You know, we're not just talking about credit cards. Try to get free of those mortgages and student loans. Abbreviating or reducing or eliminating those monthly payments is a double whammy because now you don't only have that money not going to creditors, but you have it to save. Mm-hmm. So 
eat less, and you can save more. So that's an enormous one if you can find a way to do it. It's part of what we help people do. Here's another huge one that you came close to. I thought this was what you were going to say when you talked about giving it a ride in the cart. Remind yourself of the difference between need and want before you make each purchasing decision. Yeah. Now, I should say, obviously, the first half of the show, we talked about Melissa Kirsch's article. These are all me. In the second half of the show, this is not Melissa's advice. This is my advice. Right? Okay. So, you know, do I need this or do I want it before you decide to purchase it? And then say, okay, I really want it. Is it worth it to me to give up my money that I might use for something else because I want this so badly? Or, you know, can I really do without it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just while we're talking about this, online shopping carts are a good way to do this. Throw everything you want in the shopping cart. I don't care. But before you check it out, you know, walk away from it for a while. Go back to it that evening or whatever. And then look at it and say, yeah, my total is how much I'm going to uncheck this one or I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to mm -hmm. take that and do it that way. You don't have to buy it just because you put it in your cart. Now that I've given you all the tough love, I want you to reward yourself and your family for your financial achievements. I don't care how small they are. Mm -hmm. this positive reinforcement goes a long way. When I said, what if your budget came, I mean, what if your diet came with a brownie? That's exactly what I mean. If you can budget and track your expenses as a family for a week, it doesn't have to be a year. Do it for a week mm -hmm. and make an event of it. We're having pizza tonight. We're, we're going out tonight. We're doing something. You know, do it within your budget. But make the point, because we're trying to teach our children here as well, make the point that what you've just done is a means to an end. It isn't, it isn't just the exercise of tracking expenses because some math teacher told you you had to calculate this, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're trying to get to a better place. You know, reward yourself even when you have those small things. Every mountain is easier to climb if you're in the middle of it, right? When you start halfway up, right? If you're already doing well with your finances, you know, you're saying, well, I don't have any problem. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Great. Start there and say, let's hire an expert to help us get further ahead. Let's take advantage of the things we're doing well and capitalize on those. And let's have somebody who knows what maybe we don't know figure out what we're not doing well or where things could be improved and work on that. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that that is probably not your accountant. It's probably not your attorney. It's probably not your typical financial advisor, all of those might be involved in this, but really the kind of person that does that well for you is usually a coach, a financial coach. Mm -hmm. And that's true of any area in your life. If you're already doing pretty well, but you think you could be doing better, it might be worth hiring a coach. Yeah, you want to get to the next level with that for sure. Exactly. So speaking of that, let's talk about teaching our children a little bit. Okay. So leading by example, oh my gosh, how many times do we say lead by example? But I mean, you know, you were a child, mm -hmm. your job, watch your parents and figure out how to manipulate things, right? <laughs> That's your job. Yeah, for sure. So, so when I say lead by example, it's never too early or too late to affect that change. Mm -hmm. So start preparing them for reality instead of giving them an allowance and just saying, Here's your money. What are you going to spend it on? Start talking to them about how much you might save, how much eventually, I know they don't want to hear the tax man, but how much eventually you might need for some other item. So, you know, you might be able to buy the video game this week, but if you really want, uh, I don't know, make it up, a, a motorized bicycle, you're going to have to save for a long time to get that. So yeah, I think we talked about this before and you said it gets broken down into like four categories, right? Yep. That's right. Yeah, and uh, there's a whole chapter in, in the book about that. But lead by example and start really teaching your kids well. Mm -hmm. Remember I said plan the vacation? 
Yes. Of course I remember that part. My ears perked right up. Yes, but did you hear me say take a vacation or plan a vacation? I heard you say plan a vacation. Uh, That's exactly right. I do want you to take the vacation, but first I want you to enjoy the planning of the the vacation. Mm -hmm. So make it a game to do it on the cheap if you can. The goal here isn't to be um, Scrooge. The goal is to be able to take more vacations mm-hmm. on the same dime, right? So if you can get deals on airfare, lodging, uh, a place where you can cook and you want to cook and you like to cook while you're in the uh, condo or room or whatever, fine. Just involve the whole family and make it a thing like we're going to plan for this vacation, make a calendar, put it on the wall. Hey, every month we're getting closer to the vacation. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to have something to look forward to. It is, rather than just, we need a vacation, where's the credit card? Mm -hmm. Okay, if you're thinking of cashing in your retirement, stop. (laughs) (laughs) For any reason, don't do it before talking to a professional and possibly even getting a second opinion, right? For reasons that are too long to go into, but let me just save you. If you're thinking of, we owe the tax man, we owe the credit cards, we want a vacation, uh, we're going to buy a house, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. if you're thinking of cashing in your retirement, just Stop yourself cold. Okay. Now, here we only have time for a couple more, but if you're in a period of transition, you know, you just lost your job, somebody in your family died, something you've moved to an area, just slow down. Don't make any knee jerk decisions when you're in a period of transition. Mm. Yeah. If you're faced with a major lifetime decision, don't get yourself uh, roadblocked, right? Lighten that load by freeing yourself from something. Mm. And the something is the belief that it must be a permanent decision. We always look at these problems and say, wow, we've got to make the right decision. It's so important. We must make the right decision. Yes, it's important. But maybe you start by saying, what happens if I make the wrong decision? What is my plan B exit strategy? You can change your mind on almost everything. Mm-hmm. So make some decision, but don't make it in out of fear. And then my last tip for 2024 is just remember you're an individual. I get questions every day. How much do I need to retire? Is Do I have enough? Is this okay? You know, you don't live in that box. I know it's tidy for investors like us, I mean, advisors like us to say, you know, you need a million dollars at retirement. You must be 65. Don't take your Social Security early. Of course, we're going to say those things. That's what people do. They have sort of a checklist mm-hmm. of things are appropriate, right? Fact of the matter is you're an individual. Just meet with a good, solid advisor and find out if a comfortable retirement is possible for you. Don't just say, I'm going to retire at 65 without having any idea if you're on the mark or not. Right. And don't say to yourself, I can't retire at 55 or 59 because I don't have access to Social Security or because I don't have access to my funds. Meet with somebody who might be able to get you on track for an early retirement, if that's what you want, and to help you define what your next chapter might be. And and that's, you know, all of these things are things we help with. For 2024, instead of feeling like you're starting off the year with, I must get my finances in order by doing all of these things from buying insurance to making a trust, just pick one thing. If that one thing happens to be hiring a coach, great, we're here to help you. If the one thing happens to be putting the item in your cart and giving it a ride, and we helped you somehow by saying that on the air, I'm very happy about that. (laughs) You helped me. I know that. Good. 
Good, good, good. Well, all right. Well, let me get your phone number for everyone out there that could use a little bit of help or may have a question. Absolutely. It's 413-773-3333. Okay. They can always go to hugyourmoney.com. I also want to remind people, if you want to send in a question and we use it on the air, you'll get a copy of the book. Yes. It's called Retire Debt and Retire Well. All right. We'll be back next week with another edition of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP. Have you heard about Get The Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 for 10% off exclusively for my listeners. Getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, the Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. Um, Robin did not want to retire, particularly at 65. Cheryl? Um, I didn't retire at 65. I know. Retirement. Uh, That was a big gaping hole ahead of me. And that's, you know, for me, I've always done things and always been busy and and so I was really worried about that. Francis was very sensitive to that and uh, realized that we just wanted to make sure that our money would take us as far as possible. We have to do things sort of just because we feel the urge every now and then. We can do things. That's important. Right. We can do it wisely and comfortably. So, And still live the life we want to live. Hug works best when we work together. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented. Financial literacy and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Hi. Hey, Jess. How are you? I am good. We're inching closer and closer towards the end of the year. Yes, we are. Just trying to get through 2023, baby. 2024 has got to be better, I think. Happy New Year, right? (laughs) We're not quite there yet, um, and you know, it could always be worse, too, but let's look for the positive. Uh, but, you know, at this time of year, we're all focused on, most of us anyway, are focused on the holidays, feeding people, gifting people, taking time off from work, doing mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, here I come telling you, guess what? <laughs> Money doesn't take a holiday. And um, there are things that you need to do or should be considering uh, for your own benefit, mm-hmm. you don't have to do these, but for your own benefit before the end of the year, some I'll give you some things that you can do very simply. Uh, you can work into your busy day to get done before the end of the year to make sure that you don't harm yourself financially. And then we're going to talk about what you can do to make plans for next year. But instead of having to, you know, start from scratch every year with this new plan and it seems like this awful task that you have to do and mm-hmm. it maybe gets done, we're going to talk about how to make a plan that evolves and is flexible and dynamic and can move with you year after year so you don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel every year. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. So let's talk first about the kinds of things that need your attention before the end of the year. Now, this is this is not my list of what to keep and what to throw out. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> but not in this show. But what I really want you to do is decide about making sort of a, a customized, proactive 
plan for yourself, as we talked about. But before the end of the year, you know, I want you to sit down and sort of do a little gut check and say, you know, what were my goals in 2023? Mm -hmm. Did I make a plan last year? You know, did it work? What worked? What didn't? Uh, What were your accomplishments and what led to that? Like, gee, I really paid down some debt this year. How did I do that? Or, you know, this year I got my full company match out of my 401k or, you know what, I had all these plans for things that had to happen, but they weren't realistic, Mm -hmm. Uh, happened or that happened, we had an emergency, and so we didn't hit our goals. And, you know, try and eliminate whatever failed horribly that was just a bad plan, like this year we're going to save enough money to fill in the blank, and it turned out to be a lot of money wasted on something you didn't appreciate, right? Mm -hmm. Try not to do that again, but try to take the good stuff that you did. And replicate that, duplicate that, right? Do you so, find that people, though, will do that in December versus January? I think I just think of December, and this is a bad way to think, but you kind of think to yourself, all right, all my bad spending is going to be done by the end of the year, and then in January I won't have to spend on anything again until, you know, spring or birthdays or whatever might be coming up. But that in my head is kind of how I think. People think like, okay, let me just get through December, and then I'll start fresh. So that would go on your list of things not to do again next year. That <laughs> Okay, because it is what you do, right? That is what people do. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting that you must make your plan in December, but start thinking about it. Start getting that, you know, start getting those things rolling around in your head when you're doing something that might be maybe a little more mindless. Maybe you're, I don't know, wrapping a gift or something and you're you're not thinking about what you're really doing. That's some downtime to let your mind, uh, you know, What's, what do I want to say? Uh, occupy itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that you can entertain itself, let's say, so that you can start to, when it's not so active, when it's actually sort of in the background, you can start to review your year and say, oh, yeah. And then in February, oh, I remember when that happened. Or remember in June, we were doing really well, and then heating season came, and we couldn't do that. How are we going to fix that this year? You know, let's not have a bad heating season. Or, gee, you know, I was working for a company that gave me a lot of stock options and holy cow, I forgot that they were going to have value that was going to get added to my income and I didn't do anything about it before the end of the year and I got slapped with Mm. this major income tax. So, you know, think about things that worked and didn't work during the year and just get that conversation going in your mind. So, you know, one of the ways you could start is just to say, did I make a plan last year? And when I did, was it pretty easy to write down you know, what I wanted or was it really difficult? And see what you can do to start at step one and make that easier for yourself. Mm -hmm. Gee, it was awful. I couldn't do it. I didn't like it. Okay, how am I going to make that more palatable? Because that is step one. I've got to get to a place where I can face making these decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And and try to improve things like that. And, And as I said, think about, you know, what led to your achievements, what didn't work, And one thing that I really, I don't know that people recommend this, but I highly recommend this. In your plan, and I don't care if it's the first thing you write down, I want you to take time to celebrate your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. I don't care how small they are. Hey, I got a whole month's worth of budget data in the system. Great. Treat yourself to something. It doesn't have to be, you know, expensive. It doesn't have to be a monetary purchase. But do something nice for yourself and give yourself that positive reinforcement. I know this sounds trite, but believe me, you get enough negative reinforcement about money. Mm -hmm. So when you do something well, celebrate it. Make a nice dinner. Go for a walk. Do whatever it is that you want to do. 
and and just lock that into your memory. Hey, I did that. Mm-hmm. That thing that I didn't think I could do, I did. And that means I can do it again and again, and I can advance on that. So I think that is as important as anything I'm going to tell you today about what to check and what not to check is how to start changing that conversation with yourself about money and how to start rewarding yourself for making good decisions, mm-hmm. even when you're making bad ones also. Yeah. The good, the good decisions are so important. The mindset is, is a big deal. And, you know, we talk a lot, Jess, about psychology of money and, you know, what leads us to making these decisions. And it, it's always the same stuff. It's what we believe in, you know, what our values are, how we were brought up, and what our emotions tell us. Mm-hmm. I don't have any money, but I'm going to do this for my kids, and I don't care if it goes on my credit card, you know. So that's what you have to do the little gut check on. And understanding more of that about yourself will help you to make, well, more informed, better decisions about money. And, and then you can start to sort of direct the money where to things that matter the most. Mm-hmm. So you can start to make choices about that. And I know as a parent, you know, you're faced with that all the time, right? <laughs> Especially right now. I think last week we talked about your daughter at age six, you know, putting things in your Amazon cart. And so I, tell me that. How does that work for you? When, you? when you understand more about how you see money and what causes you to spend erratically and what causes you to spend wisely, does that stick with you? What, how does it work for you? As far as the stuff in the Amazon cart or? In general, just in general. I, I mean, I- I think I'm not great with money. So I think that's just always in my head where I will, like I, we talked about on last week's show for Christmas, I would maybe pay something late in order to have like a really good Christmas. So I'm not um, super disciplined with it where like my sister is super disciplined with all of that stuff. Okay. So when we're talking about things, I love that you'll let me do this, this session on the air like this, right? But when we're talking about things, Um, like when you said, I'm not good with money, the first thing I would tell you as a coach is to add the word yet Mm -hmm. or to change it to, I wasn't good with money, but I'm getting better. Because the more you tell yourself, I'm just not good with money and my sister is great at it, the wider that gap is going to be. Don't compare yourself to your sister. Let her be great at it if she wants to be. Run your own best race. And so on your list, you might put, you know, I want to, part of my plan is I want to improve how I manage money. I don't want to end up in debt. Maybe that's not important to you that you ended up in debt at the end of Christmas, right? Maybe it's not important to a lot of people, but pick what is important to you and start to focus on that. Now, there are always, you know, habits that we can want to improve and continue and habits that we want to break or that we think we can change. That stuff's always going to be there. But the important part is what can you learn from that? For and sure. How- and I, I think that we've talked about this before, too, that I think you you get some of this from parenting, like you, seeing kind of what your parents do. But also you kind of have that label like I have always just thought I'm bad with money because I've always heard, oh, you're bad with money and your sister's good with money. Do you know what I mean? So wrong. So wrong to tell you. that. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you're short and she's tall. So what? You're right. two different people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, run your own death rates. I really, I really believe that. And, and for you, now we've been doing the show together for uh, I don't know, a few years together, I think. And I, and I'm still concerned for you that you beat yourself up about money. And I, I'm not picking on you. I'm saying this is true of most people that we say to ourselves, we're not good at that or we should have been better at it. And really, you've done remarkable things when you think about your life. Right? For sure. You're, for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think that we're harder on ourselves than most other people would be. Like if I was looking at somebody else, I wouldn't think this certain thing. But we talk much meaner to ourselves than we would ever oh, anybody else. There's no doubt. I'm tarred with the same stick. Mm-hmm. I I can always find the things that I did wrong. Yeah. And I have to, I've had to train myself, and I'm still working on it, to stop myself from what I call unnecessary negativity. Right. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say, okay, you made a huge mistake and you need to not do that again. Right. It's another to sort of grumble at yourself about what you're not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so then I try to replace that with some positive stuff. You don't have to have an ego the size of Texas. You just, I just want you to not, not let that mindset get in the way of improving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so this time next year when we talk, maybe you will have a little different sentiment, I hope, but and I'm totally willing to help with that, as I, as I always am. So let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts here of what has to get done before the end of the year. Okay. And I know that um, we'll talk in more detail about this when we come back, and we'll talk about what to do for next year's plan. But nuts and bolts before the end of the year are things that are going to cause you to have a higher income tax or not take enough advantage of your deductions or to... Uh, miss your contributions that you might have been able to make, uh, maybe spend some healthcare dollars, things like that. And so we can go through them, you know, individually so people have a, a definite idea of what to do. But these are going to be about tactical things that you can do to reduce or manage your tax burden and maybe to make your investment uh, choices before year end or maybe to know, hey, I don't have to do that before year end. That doesn't happen until you know, my tax filing date on April 15th or mm-hmm. with extent. So I definitely will go into detail on it, but I always like to start by just saying, you know, I know we're talking about money, but really we're just talking about like one little area of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to diet, you'd hire a diet coach maybe, or you'd, you'd make a plan and you'd try to stick to it. If you wanted to write, you'd make a plan and you'd try to stick to it. Money is no different. It's just, it's just that we're told that it's difficult and scary and, and obscure, and it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get your phone number. Sure. It's 413-773-3333. I also want to mention a great uh, stocking stuffer would be the book. Oh, thank you. Retire Debt and Retire Wealth. And you can find that anywhere. Also, you can go to HugYourMoney.com. We're going to be back with some things you need to look at before the end of the year. Part two of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up right here on WHMP. When it comes to investing, we're taught the higher the risk, the better the reward. Francis Ram, the Money Doctor, says it isn't necessarily true. We need to remember that with risk comes the potential for losses, and making up losses can set us back or worse, delay our retirement. You've heard the testimonials for years about how her patented program helps people become 100% debt-free, far ahead of schedule. But did you know that for more than 35 years, Dr. Ram has been helping people retire well without unnecessary risk. Dr. Ram says most people mistakenly accept that in order to earn attractive interest rates, they must tolerate risk and that choosing safety means settling for lackluster returns. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can earn competitive rates and minimize taxes without risking a single dollar of your hard-earned savings. Contact the money doctor at Hug Your Money for a free consultation. Call 413-773-3333 or visit HugYourMoney.com. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler, along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Hi. 
Hi, Jess. You're still speaking to me? I am still speaking. I don't mind when you give me a little tough love. I need it sometimes for sure. It's always hard for me to give people tough love because it feels like I'm like I'm being opinionated and and that isn't welcome in most conversations, but it's what people pay me to do. Right? Yeah, it's, no, I like it. Bring it on. Well, you don't deserve a lot of it, but <laughs> when you say something on the air that I think can help other people, you know, you, you're kind enough to let me use you as an example. So let's talk about the kinds of things that have to get done before the end of the year. Um, I'm going to start with uh, retirement planning. So I want you to maximize your contributions if you can afford to do it. I know financial planners just say, Look, put as much as you can into your 401k because you're going to need all that money to retire. Mm -hmm. I'm out here, you know, the lone read saying, look, you know, I don't want you to contribute to your 401k while you're racking up credit card debt at 25% because it doesn't make any sense. Right. And the only thing that you need all of that money at retirement is because we're all planning for you to have this debt at retirement. And I would prefer that we don't have the debt. So I'm not saying that you don't contribute to retirement and you pay off your debt instead. I'm saying it's a balancing act. So if you can afford, while you're paying down your debt well, or if you're out of debt, to maximize your retirement contribution, by all means do that. Now, I'm going to say just once, I'm not an accountant or an attorney. And I think you should check with your accountant on most of these things I'm going to tell you today because they're the ones that can answer this for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I maximize my contributions, how much does that save me in tax dollars? That's the question to ask. You know, for every dollar I put in, it's worth, what, a dollar and 30 cents to me? How is that going to work? And so you ask your accountant. In in terms of retirement planning, if you're in a 401k, you know, make sure that, you're, that your contributions are doing what you want them to do. And if you have an employer match, check and make sure that that's in there. Everything looks good to you before the end of the year. Okay. Remember, you have until the end of the year to hit that contribution limit. So this year, in 2023, it's 22500 for people under age 50 and 30000 for people over age 50. So you still have time to adjust that contribution if you want to. If you adjust the contribution, though, can you switch it at any time during the year back up or down depending as needed? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. So you could... And for self-employed people, this could be more. You might have a simplified employee pension or 401, uh, a solo 401k or a plan like that. You may have higher um, contributions. So this is the time of year where you want to say, okay, I really need to call my accountant because I'm sitting, here's what people do. I'm sitting on all this cash in case I owe it in taxes, right? Self-employed people. I'm sitting on this cash in case I owe it in taxes. Oh yeah, I've when, heard that uh, with a lot of people uh, that are working in the service industry. Well, absolutely. I mean, and, but the thing to do is if you ask your accountant, hey, if I c- contribute this much, how much will I owe in taxes? So you can start paying yourself instead of the government mm-hmm. at least some of this money. It's really important. If you only do one thing before the end of the year, talk to an accountant. <laughs> Good luck right now, right? But right, yeah. Talk about that contribution. You know, how much do you think I'm going to owe in taxes? This is what my estimated income is. And how much would I owe if I contributed X? And let them tell you, hey, you know. Every time you contribute a dollar, it's going to be worth this to you. Mm -hmm. So if you're over age 72, now this is changing now depending on what ages people are born in, but basically if you're over age 72, you have to take these required minimum distributions to avoid the IRS penalty. So again, ask your accountant, ask your financial planner. We can all answer that. Look, here's the year on the chart. You need your RMDs. Most companies will send them automatically. And just understand where those deadlines are because they, they may be different based on your age or the type of account you have. Okay. What if the IRA or the Roth IRA you have is inherited from somebody? That gets really complicated these days. Mm-hmm. If you can't, 
But inherited IRAs have different guidelines than a regular IRA. And I just ran into this with a client who was told by a financial planner, she says, and again, it's third party, that the inherited IRA she has doesn't have to be touched until she's 72. Mm-hmm. And because of the year she inherited it, it's not quite true. Oh. So I've got to check with your, because the penalty is huge. I mean, huge, like up to 50%. Yeah. So you got with your accountant on that. If you're making IRA contributions before your tax deadline, you can make traditional or Roth contributions, but you may be able to do those before your tax filing deadline, which might be April 15th, roughly April 15th, whatever year it falls in in 2024. Mm-hmm. Roth IRAs, the income phases out for single people and heads of household. If you make 138000 or 150 uh, to 153000 you may not be able to contribute to your Roth IRA it starts phasing out. For married people filing jointly, it's 218000 to 228000 If you're above those limits, you might still want to contribute to what we call a backdoor Roth IRA, which we probably don't have a lot of time to go into, but let me just say you contribute to a traditional IRA with after-tax dollars and convert it. And so even if you're over those limits, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have to understand the tax implications and what rules there are, but you're still not out of the game. Okay, so there's ways around it. But there's ways around it. And for small business people, just be aware of those deadlines and do the kinds of things we're talking about. If you have a SEP IRA, a simple IRA, uh, defined benefit plan, or maybe a solo 401k that I mentioned, you know, you may have had a deadline that went anywhere from the beginning of October uh, to your current tax filing next year. Mm-hmm. So understand those deadlines and save yourself from those penalties. I would say for tax planning, you know, talk to an accountant. If you want to review your tax withholdings, this is one thing you can do on your own if you can't talk to an accountant. Look at your tax withholdings and make sure you've got enough money that's been withheld for the year because you can still adjust it before the end of the year. Okay. And that, that's where if you had just, if you had the, the bonuses and the stock options I was talking about, you know, you might not have accounted for those in your regular tax withholdings. Then you get this influx of money at the end of the year, and bam, you've got yourself a tax problem. Mm-hmm. So check with your HR person about that. You don't even have to go to the accountant. Check with the HR person and take a look at it and see if that might be, you know, might be something that you can benefit from. While you're talking to the HR person, ask about your FSA or your HSA fund, so those flexible spending account or a health savings account. Mm-hmm. You might have to do something about that before the end of the year. So if you have a flexible savings account, some plans will give you a little grace period so that they'll reimburse you, but a lot of them just, you know, go to the end of the year and that's it. So check with your plan administrator. Health savings accounts, though, uh, you should be able to roll those over into the new year. And actually, there's something that people don't seem to talk much about, I think, and it, it has to do with health savings accounts, I'm just thinking, of, that you can make these contributions until your tax filing deadline. So in other words, if you're not filing your taxes if your deadline isn't until April 15th, mm-hmm. you could still contribute to your health savings account. And that those limits are $3,850 for individuals and $7,750 for families this year. And I think you can add an extra 1000 if you're over 55. And that's as far as, that's as much as you can, tri- can contribute? Uh, yes. Okay. For the health, to the health savings uh, mm-hmm. account. So, you know, who has a good article about this is facet.com has a good article with most of these same things in it that I'm telling you. Okay. It's well-designed. You can go there and read about that. You know, stock stuff, the stock options we talked about a little bit, you just need to know what they're worth um, and are they going to come into your income and will it trigger that alternative minimum tax? Mm -hmm. Okay. We're getting short on time, but education savings accounts. 
If you're going to do a 529, remember that that money can be used for pre-K through college, uh, including student loans, but it might have some limitations on it depending on how you use the money. Okay. Another thing, that before 1231. Uh, and charitable donations. Now, you know, everybody thinks about that one. Hey, it's almost the end of the year. How am I going to donate? But you need to remember, at least, that you can't deduct your donations anymore if you don't itemize this year. So if you do itemize, you should consider giving away any taxable investments that have unrealized capital gains rather than cash, right? That's how you decide where to start gifting people. Of course, it's never quite cookie cutter like this. But as a rule, give away, if you're going to gift some money, taxable investments with unrealized capital gains. It's a way for you to avoid the capital gains and still get a deduction for it. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about what to do for next year. If you're looking to make your plan for next year, remember I said I wanted to help you make a plan that could be dynamic and could be flexible and you can change it through the year. So first of all, cut yourself a lot of slack. Do not expect to sit down at the table and make the perfect plan. Unless you can live the perfect life, which I haven't had any of us doing, you know, expect that there will be some hiccups and put it in the plan. You know, one of the main things to think about is, did I have any emergencies this year? What came up that derailed my plan? And did I build a savings account for those? Was I prepared for them? And if the answer is no, maybe, could have been better, put it in your plan. Okay, step number one, the, the most danger I have to this plan is that I do everything well and something outside of my control happens mm-hmm. and I'm not prepared for it. So, so think about that. Maybe think about in terms of your life rather than dollars. What sort of uh, life markers, milestones am I going to hit? Am I going to have a baby? Am I going to buy a house? Am I going to change my job? Uh, You know, any of those things and start thinking about, I need to prepare for that in some way. How am I going to do that? Think about the way you invested. Are you happy with what your investments did? Did the risk feel like too much to you? Did it feel like not enough? Uh, Did it outpace inflation? Are you happy with the interest rates? What happened to you in taxes? Did you lose all your money in taxes? Mm-hmm. That's a time to start. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, redo the entire plan, but you might want to start thinking about, hey, maybe I should diversify my accounts in a certain way so I can take advantage of some tax breaks because everything I'm doing is taxable or everything I'm doing is tax deferred and I feel like I'm building a tax time bomb. Or, but, you know, you can make a lot of money, believe it or not in managing your taxes, mm-hmm. even if you don't have your accounts. You know, you lose a lot of money in taxes, and there are smart ways to, to manage that. And, you know, make sure that you're prepared for this coming year if you can. You know what I'm going to tell you. It has to do with making a plan not only about your taxes, but about your debt management, which almost no article you read is going to tell you to do, mm-hmm. uh, about making some kind of a budget, a budget, excuse me, about your investments and planning those life marker things I was talking about. How are we going to reach those goals? Now, in order to make that flexible and not have to do this again every year, mm-hmm. make a big picture plan. Don't try to get so granular that you can't, can't hit those goals and take you three weeks to make this plan. Big picture plan and change it up as it goes. Put in the plan, I'm going to check on this once a month. I'm going to check on this once a quarter and I'm going to revise my plan as I go, and at the end of the year, I'm going to make a little time to review my year and see what needs to be tweaked. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, 
if you're working with a financial planner, some help you do this, some don't. Uh, most, this is kind of outside the wheelhouse. It, it is the kind of thing that we do here, not just make this plan, but give you a, a platform where it can live. And so you can see the progress yearly and you can meet with us and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm falling behind my goal here or what do you think about changing that up? And it's all there dynamically living right in front of you, a living, breathing financial plan with debt, budget, retirement uh, and tax situations right there so that you can more easily change it and not have to just look back a year ago and go, oh, hey, honey, look, here's my list that we did a year ago. What did we get done on that? Hmm. You know, who wants to do that every year and make another list? Exactly. So mostly, you know, same thing I always tell you, Jess, money is just about a means to an end. I don't want it to be an obstacle in people's lives. I want it to be a power. I want it to empower them so that they can, you know, escape that feeling of, I don't want to look at that. I'm bad at that. Mm -hmm. I hope it's useful to people. Uh, I know it comes at a hard time of year to hear this. So go back maybe and listen to the podcast again or you know, by the book or whatever, but it's, um, just call us if you want help with this. I mean, that's, yeah. I never like to those an ad, but if you want one thing, one takeaway, you know, we'll help. For sure. And I think it is super helpful. And if maybe you do it this year, then next year, you're not going to be in the same situation. So I mean, you always want to review, but like you were saying, if it's an ongoing thing, it's not a, every year you've got to clean it up and start again. Well, your one thing might be this year, I'm going to hire a coach. All right. Let's get your phone number. Sure, it's 413-773-3333. Or as always, you can go to HugYourMoney.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. Have you heard about Get The Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 for 10% off exclusively for my listeners. Getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. I have a, an old friend in Cincinnati. He's a revered financial planner. He teaches college classes and runs a successful practice, and he investigated your program, and he said, this is a winner. He said, people should be doing this. I think it was easier for you because you're you're such a good saver and you really think about things that you're buying. For me, it was a total transformation. <laughs> I'm Wendy. And I'm David. And we just completed the program. And we're completely out of debt. It was so exciting. Remember, I called you at work. I said, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're like, we should go out and celebrate and have dinner. There must be something you do when you, <laughs> you know you're done. <laughs> debt, budget, retirement. Hug works best when we work together. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.